This podcast is made possible by all our backers on Patreon. If you want to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective. By becoming a Patreon, you not only support the show, but you get a lot of cool rewards like stickers or our exclusive access to our Slack channel where you can chat and trade and battle with other trainers that also listen to It's Super Effective. If you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to keep enjoying what you're listening to, head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and support the show. If not, no big deal. These episodes will always be free, but we would appreciate any support if you can. Thanks and enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 197th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is no one, because everyone is doing stuff. So, uh, this is our last episode of 2015, the 197th, that I already said, and it is just me. Will is in South Carolina, I believe, with family, uh, still celebrating his holiday. And Travis has company from Canada over, so he is... I don't want to take any time away from him. He's expecting... He was expecting company, and his company arrived, and he is having now, I assume, his holiday. Um, Besides, you know, Christmas with family and stuff. And uh, I am home alone here on Monday, December 28th, recording this for you guys. There is a snowstorm outside, a blizzard of sorts. And uh, I don't think anyone is coming or leaving my house for the next several hours until a snowplow comes through. So you guys get an episode. Uh, and uh, I apologize that no one else is here. Short notice with, you know, everyone. It was very unplanned on my part. I take the blame here that I forgot that people were traveling and people were expecting company and not going to be around. But I'll try to put on a entertaining episode Nonetheless, for you guys, I have a little bit of Pokemon news. Surprisingly, we have some. And then uh, we'll probably do Pokemon of the Week and something else in the middle. So try to make it entertaining for you guys. Hopefully you guys all had a great holiday. Uh, mine was very uneventful. If if we're to get off topic like we normally do, I played some more Animal Crossing Amiibo Party with my family. Uh, me being a very, very big Animal Crossing fan, I pre-ordered Amiibo Party back in the day and forgot to cancel it, and it showed up. And this was the second or third time I played it, and it went over very well. It's um, my mom, my sister, my brother, and I played. It's, uh, we had a very good time with it. My mom is a very big Mario Party person. She loves Mario Party, so it was cool to switch gears over to Animal Crossing Amiibo Party. And it went went over very well. The for those of you who haven't played it, 
Uh, it is a board game just like Mario Party where you're rolling dice and moving spaces. And there are really two kinds of spaces. There are the pink spaces, which are good things happen. So you can either get... Um, let me back up for a second. So to win Animal Crossing Amiibo Party, you need to have the most happy points, meaning you are the happiest uh, villager in the game. And so there's happy points that you can earn, and then there are bells. And I believe every 1,000 bells gets you one happy point at the end of the game. So who says that uh, money can't buy happiness? Because in Amiibo Party, it can. So the pink spaces can either give you happy points or bells, or both happy points or bells, depending on how you land on. And then there are purple spaces, which are bad, which can uh, subtract happy points or bells, or both happy points and bells. And so you, unlike Mario Party, there are no mini games in between. You just roll your dice, pick which direction you want to go, and you do that. And in all four corners, there are stamps. And uh, if you can collect all four stamps, you get a bunch of happy points. Because, you know, you've collected stamps. That makes you happy. The boards are the same, except you pick which month you want to play in. So you can play in any of the 12 months. We decided to play in December, obviously. For Christmas and then Toy Day is there. And there are certain things that happen in the month. So every month is different. So some months have fishing tournaments. Some months have the Groundhog's Day or Toy Day or Turkey. I'm not sure what the Animal Crossing calls Thanksgiving. but uh, And then also, besides those days, uh, visitors will come. So sometimes Katie will come and she'll come. And if you land on a Katie space, she'll uh, play a... Uh, is this number higher or lower? And you can get a card from that. Uh, or sometimes the Katrina, the fortune teller, comes and she gives you a card. And let's say, for example, she gives you like the three of happiness. So if anyone rolls a three for a full week, uh, you get more happy points. Or she can give you like four of unluckiness. So if anyone rolls a four, you lose bells. Uh, and then other characters can come. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Red can come, and Red can sell you cards at a lower price. Cards are just things you can play on your turn. Um, and then every Sunday, Joan comes, and you can buy turnips. And then what's really cool is Monday through Saturday, the spaces you land on are different turnip prices you can sell. So where the strategy comes in is if you have a card that gives you a certain amount of spaces where you normally roll one through six but if you know that the stock prices on the third space is you know you can sell for 398 bells per turnip which is a lot you could play the three card and land on that sell that's the little bit of strategy the game has otherwise it's kind of dumbed down to mario party where it's based primarily on luck but it's it's fun it's less competitive than mario party it's more nonchalant it's a little bit faster paced, of course, because you're not waiting through mini games or having people learn or something. And random things can happen, and it's it's a cute game. What I did discover, though, is you after you've played, I think, the board game three times, if you get Amiibo Party, it forces you that you can only play the board game. And then before you can do anything else, you can only play the board game again. So it it it's not very friendly and like, you must play this board game twice before you can do anything else. But an easy way around that is at the beginning of the game, it'll ask if you want to set a timer. If you're expecting company over and you just get the game, just set like a timer for 30 minutes and then walk away. 
like go do dishes or clean your house or something and come back and the game will end and then just set another timer again. I think 30 minutes is the lowest, but you could probably set it even lower. Um, so just set a timer twice and that gets rid of it. But if you play the game for a third time, which I did, it uh, it lets you customize your town. So if you have, like, uh, if you have the amiibo cards that you can buy at the six pack or whatever, you can populate the town with specific animals you like. So if you really like uh, Stitches, the bear, you can have his house and you can place in the board game where his house goes. And then you can also, there's a, when you complete a board game, you get like happy tickets or whatever, and you could spend the tickets to customize. So uh, what I discovered is if you start building stuff in the town, like if you want to build like a windmill or a movie theater or uh, a Zen garden, once you start placing those, it actually changes the routes in the board game. So when I placed the Zen Garden, it like added a bonus route uh, inside the board game. So that actually was the first time I saw that. And I looked it up online and no one was actually talking about that or whatnot. So maybe I'm the only person in the world that has played Animal Crossing Amiibo Party more than three times. But <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere online. So... So that that alone actually made me want to play the game more to earn more tickets to actually customize the game a little bit more. But I, it's not the most in-depth, fantastic game, but it's definitely a game that would be great for people who normally don't play games and it's simple and have something out in the background. And I think it's like 35 bucks on Amazon. That's what I did for Christmas. That's the only thing I could take away. So that was my off-topic rant of Animal Crossing Amoeba Party. But we can switch gears a little bit. I got a, I got some Pokemon news that I scraped up from the internet. If you are a Japan listener, and I know we have a couple, the uh, Mew, a Mew event is coming for Generation 6 for uh, Japan, the Japanese audience. So this is the first time since HeartGold or SoulSilver, a legendary Pokemon Mew will be available for players to download. It is to coincide with the re-release of the Generation 1 games on Virtual Console. Mew can be obtained in X, Y, Omega Ruby, or Alpha Sapphire. Physical serial codes will be available with the limited edition 2DS bundles, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, that, uh, pl- that plan to be released in Japan. The Mew will be at level 5 with the ability of Synchronize. It will also know uh, Pound, the move Pound, and come in a Cherish Ball with a Premier Ribbon. This event will be available between February 27th, 2016 to February 28th, 2017. Wow. And codes will be redeemable till March 31st, 2017. So you pretty much have a full year to get Mew. Uh, pretty outstanding. But again, that is only for uh, the our Japanese listeners, no news if that's coming to America or the UK or anywhere else. Speaking of limited edition 2DSs, to, to promote the re-release of Generation 1, uh, Nintendo Japan, is are they plan on releasing limited edition transparent Nintendo 2DS bundles. These bundles will be released on February 7, 27th, 2016. And will be currently available for pre-order for 9,980 yen. Despite the 2DS being released over two years ago in most countries, this is the first time the console will be released within Japan. 
The Pokemon Blue Bundle is exclusively available at Pokemon Center stores, and it will come with a CD featuring one of the Pokemon's cries. Uh, so that's weird, though. Only the blue one is available at Pokemon Centers. Uh, these designs will be exclusively bundled for pre-orders. Each will come with a generation game related to color. So there is a red 2DS, a green 2DS blue, and a yellow. Obviously, that would come with Charizard, Venusaur, Blastoise, or Pikachu, depending on the corresponding colors. Uh, it will also come with an exclusive 2DS theme, a collectible Kanto region town map, and a sticker set based on the game's mascot, and a redeemable certificate for Generation 1 games to be redeemed in the store for a future date, and it will come with the serial code for Mew, which is redeemable in a Generation 6 game. So, again, no word if that is coming to the States, but I doubt it my my instinct is saying it's not because it's the first time 2ds has been released in japan so i'm sure this will sell very well for them blizzard outside is roaring i don't know if it's getting picked up on the mic but it is snowing very hard as of this recording so very exciting i don't know if collectors are going to buy all four or not but i'm sure somebody will get all four and speaking of those classic Pokemon remakes, not remakes, but re-releases coming next year, the investigation showed that each game will be about 11 megabytes each. Uh, so very, very small. Obviously, these games are old, but uh, just if you were worried about how much space they would take up on your 3DS or 2DS, looking about uh, 11 megabytes each. Uh, Amazon has listed them for $9.99 each, each game. So if you want all four, that's looking like 40 bucks, which isn't too bad. But we are unsure if that is um, official or not. But looking like probably what you can, can expect here is 11 megabytes and $10 each. Moving on to some Pokemon Shuffle news as of this morning. It looks like Talonflame has been added as the special high-speed challenge that will end on January 12th. It looks like you only have about 30 seconds to catch Talonflame. And there is a new Pokemon Safari that started with Roggenrola, Boldor, Gigalith, Fletching, Fletchinger, Numel, Camerupt, and... uh, Again, Talonflame is your high-speed challenge. And the featured content here is there is a Mega Swampert competition starting next week. If uh, if you care about that. And it looks like that is if you place within the top 36,000. Oh, I'm sorry, 3,600, you will get the Swampertite in a mega speed up and if you place in the top 18,000 you will get just the Swampertite. And to round off our news as reported on CBS Baltimore an uncle hits a 5-year-old for playing with his Pokemon cards. Authorities say a man knocked his 5-year-old nephew into a wall for playing with the man's Pokemon cards. This happened on December 22nd in 
Wismaco County. Deputies say a 29-year-old Kyle T. Bullford discovered the boy had been playing with his Pokemon cards. Police say Bullford hit the boy so hard that he knocked him off his feet into a wall. Bullford has been charged with child abuse and assault. There you go, Pokemon making mainstream news because of some TCG incidents. This is why we can't have nice things. That wraps it up for Pokemon News. Uh, We will probably take a quick break here, but before we go into a break, I want to thank everyone for sending in emails. I I did get a bunch of emails, but I don't really want to answer them myself because you probably won't get the the best answers you're looking for. So we'll save emails. We'll save the emails for when Will and Travis get back. But I appreciate everyone sending in your those emails. If if you haven't sent in an email, you still have time. We're going to do a full episode of email readings. So you can send over any emails by going to pkmncast.com and hitting the contact button. Or you can just directly email me at sbj at pkmncast.com. Dot com. Uh, both emails go to the same place. Thank you everyone who sent in emails so far. It should provide for an exciting show uh, next time we record. So with that being said, we will take a quick break. When we come back, we got some... I can ramble about some other stuff, and then we have our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break. Got some Pokemon Center stuff. I thought about doing item of the week, but um, it's just not as fun without more people here. I will say, though, I was exploring PokemonCenter.com. They do have a new search feature. Uh, you can search by Pokedex. So if you're looking for um, if you're looking for merchandise under a specific Pokemon, you can use the search by Pokedex feature to hopefully find what you're looking for. Obviously, they don't have you know, a flush of every single Pokemon, but they have a pretty good variety of stuff on there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out that they just got in stock uh, that I actually might be ordering is they're offering two fleece throw blankets. Uh, they are $40 each, but they are offering a legendary Pokemon pattern fleece throw blanket. It is like black and silver with a bunch of legendary silhouettes on it. More importantly, they are offering a Gumi uh, fleece throw blanket with little illustrations and sketches of Gumi. Full well knowing that Gumi is a popular Pokemon, that might be something you, our listeners, might want to pick up as well. And uh, yeah, they also have some Christmas Pikachus and stuff that have been released and some more shirts and beanies and whatnot, so... Again, I'm always always shocked to say that there is a bunch of stuff on PokemonCenter.com. They just keep updating it. So either they're doing really well or they're just desperate for something to stick. But I think they're doing really well. Jumping on to our Pokemon of the week. Decided to go with one of my favorite Pokemon since it's just me. Hopefully, I don't know if you guys have even made it this far in. But uh, I don't think we've ever done Farfetch which is our Pokemon of the Week this week, and one of my favorite Pokemons. Farfetch is always seen carrying a leek stalk or a spring onion. 
It carries it in its wings and sometimes chooses to hold it in its beak or feet instead. Unable to live without its stick, Farfetch will defend its stalk with its life. Known uses for the stick include use as a weapon, nesting material, and emergency food source. It is selective about which stick it uses, and it's known to be it's known to fight over the good ones. Farfetch is found in grasslands. Farfetch is uh, not that good of a competitive Pokemon, setting at 352 base stats. It's uh, highest being an attack at 65, and its lowest special attack. Oh, sorry, its lowest. Stat is its HP at 52. Everything ranges between 52 and 65. A pretty average stats, though, across the board. Nothing too high, nothing too low. Well, nothing high at all, really, with Farfetch. Uh, the move set, if you want to attempt to use Farfetch, one can recommend. One can recommend uh, Swords Dance to increase that physical attack by two stages. Brave Bird, that's going to be the strongest flying, same type attack bonus move that you can use with Farfetch. And obviously it benefits from Sword Swords Dance. Uh, Leaf Blade, get some uh, Grass Offense there. And then you could either... You could either run like a quick attack or a U-turn to get out of a situation. Obviously, that doesn't really benefit your swords dance, but you got to keep them alive. Got to keep them alive. And then, uh, of course, if you're running doubles, you could that last move with a pert. Other than that, the only held item that Farfetch should be holding is the stick. For those that you, For those of you that don't know... Stick is a held item introduced in Generation 2. Increases the critical hit ratio of Farfetch, only Farfetch, by two stages. So hopefully you'll get the critical hits with your Brave Bird or Leaf Blade based off that. Did I talk about ability? The ability would be Defiant. That's probably, that's Farfetch's hidden ability. Probably going to be the best one you can have on him. Uh, Defiant is when a stat of a Pokemon with this ability is lowered by the opponent, the attack is increased by two stages. Somebody does like a, you know, like a growl on you while your attack would go down, I believe. Uh, your attack would go then up by two stages. But don't uh, don't hold me liable for that. I'm not sure if Defiant cancels that and just increases it or accepts the debuff and then increases it. If you get a shiny Farfetch, he is a little more red than brown. Looking real cool. Uh, Farfetch is the only Pokemon with an apostrophe in its name. Farfetch is so far the only Pokemon with a base stat total of 352. According to the anime, Farfetch are considered rare. Because they are overhunted for food, this means Farfetch is one of the few Pokemon confirmed to be used for food. And Farfetch and Farfetch may be inspired by the Japanese saying, 
the translation here is a duck comes bearing green onions as a saying it means something surprise something surprising but convenient very sad pokemon and that's about it for farfetch he's pretty he's pretty basic he's he's real cool though and uh hopefully they give him a evolution or a mega evolution something of the sort because he definitely deserves it He's like one of those Pokemon when I caught in Generation 1 when I first started playing Pokemon back when I was a youngin that, you know, this was well before the time of, you know, internet guides and whatnot. And it was probably before the time when my mom finally got me a strategy guide for Red and Blue. But, you know, I kept leveling up this Farfetch hoping he'd evolve. And at the time you didn't know, you didn't know how Pokemon evolved or when they evolved or you know the only real reference I had to go off of was the TV show and you know Ash was always so far behind catching and evolving Pokemon that that wasn't a reliable source so you know after you know getting them up past like level 60 it's like this Pokemon's never going to evolve there's nothing I can do uh so yeah it was a little disappointing, still to this day, very disappointing that, you know, Farfetch is considered one of these useless Pokemon. But he has a place in my heart. He's, he's a cool, cool Pokemon. Other than that, I think that wraps up our show for you guys today. My apology that it's a little bit shorter, but I can't ramble for that long. Well, I can, I definitely can, but it probably wouldn't be the most entertaining thing. So... We'll be back next week, hopefully with, uh, depending if there is Pokemon news or not, we'll plan for an all-email show. So please send in your emails if you haven't done so already. Again, that email address is sbj at pkmncast.com, or just go over to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. Please send us any emails, Pokemon or non-Pokemon related. We'll read anything. Try to answer it to the best of our ability. And uh, again, thank you for 2015. We set a goal of getting 500 iTunes reviews, and uh, we are at like 523 now, so I appreciate every single one of you who left an iTunes review. I also appreciate every one of you who uh, pledged to us monthly on Patreon. It really helps uh, work out a lot of things with the show, whether it's you know renewing web hosting or or doing a little bit of advertising or getting you guys stickers or trying out new software it let definitely lets us expand a bit on the horizons and so i honestly cannot thank everyone enough who supports the show and even if you don't give us money but you listen to us weekly that's that means the whole world to me and travis and will and anyone else who's on logan and micah and everyone so we will try our goal, my goal for 2016, I shouldn't say ours, because uh, my goal for 2016 is to get a bunch of um, higher celebrity-like, well-known Pokemon guests on the show. Uh, we'll get Joe back from Cerebi, hopefully. We'll get Liam from Bulbapedia back on, and and Devin over at Maryland back on, so... If they want to come back on, our doors are open to get them back on, and I think they've all expressed interest in doing so. And then 
you guys have anyone you want to be on the show, just let us know too, and we will try to get them on as well. There's no stopping us in 2016, hopefully as successful as 2015 was for us. And now I am rambling. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at Pokemon Podcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pkmncast. And you can follow me on Twitter. It is at Dragging a Lake. And that is our show for you guys today. Thank you so much for a successful 2015. Thank you for listening. And uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective.